Whoso removeth stones shall be hurt therewith, and he that cleaveth would shall be endangered thereby. Ecclesiastes 10:9. This is a strange scripture. What was Solomon thinking when he was inspired to write this? Solomon was the wisest man ever because God gave him wisdom. So, let's examine the scripture. In this chapter of Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote quips like this, one after the other. It's like they were written just as they were coming to mind and being spoken. None seem to be related. The first thing we notice in verse 9 is that Solomon is talking about men doing common jobs, removing stones and cutting wood. The word used for wood there in the original Hebrew means tree. So, these men are going about doing regular work either at home or for the community welfare. In any job whether at home or job away from home there is a danger of being hurt, no matter what one does, workman's compensation is evident of that. But in this instant, I think Solomon is not only talking about physical occupations, but the danger that is present at any time and anywhere, and in the most innocent situation to capture our thoughts and allow evil to begin working in us. The three main categories of sin are lust of the flesh, lust of the eye and the pride of life. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. 1 John 2:16. all sin can be placed in one of these categories. The flesh always wants what feels good, what is comfortable and what takes the least amount of effort. In our jobs, whether at home or away from home, and no matter how innocent and necessary the job is, there is a danger of taking the easy way out or of being dishonest, taking advantage or shortchanging, either the job or another because we're lazy, tired or uncaring because the pull of the flesh is so strong. The danger spiritually is that this pull of the flesh influences our soul, mind, will, and emotions, soon we will be convinced that what we are doing is fine or the praise of it begins to deceive us. And we determine to continue to work not for the glory of our Lord, but for the praise of others, to impress others. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Ephesians 2 2-3, Peter urges us not to follow the lust of the flesh. As children of God whose home is not earth, but eventually heaven with our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus, we need to beware of things that pull us to this world. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. 1 Peter 2:11. The lust of the eye is wanting what looks good. This may occur in the most innocent work at home or work away from home. We begin to desire something totally out of God's will because we have allowed our eyes to wander and capture our thoughts. These thoughts influence our soul with a desire of something that looks good, but which may not be good for us because of the cost and burden it will place on our budget, or because whatever it is that we want has become more desirable than our devotion and love for God. That is the real danger. The desirable thing that has captured our eye overcomes our mind. Instead of thinking on God and what is holy, the pride of the eyes pulls us and dominates our thoughts. This is the sin to which Eve succumbed. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Genesis 3 6 Sins of the pride of life spring up in our work, whether at home or away from home. We do things, not because we want to bring glory to God, but because we want it to reflect on us. 
We begin to feel that our superior work is because of us and not because God is in our life and is helping us to do our best. We fail to recognize that God is continually working in us, for us and through us. The king spake, and said, Is not this great Babylon, that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power, and for the honor of my majesty? Daniel 4.30 King Nebuchadnezzar took pride in his kingdom and immediately, God caused him to become as an animal. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws. Daniel 4.33 And he was this was for seven years until he came to his senses and recognized that everything he had was because God had blessed him. And God restored him after that. Sin is death. It is not from God, but from the world. Even the very children of God can fall into sin. It is deceptive. We are not even aware that the thoughts that are dominating our minds did not come from God, but the world. The more we read the word of God, the more we will be able to detect the pull of the world. The more we will be aware of evil desires and attitudes that are not from God. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. James 3.15